Uncle Alan, why didn't you save us in New York? I know you tried. That's why you switched shows. Thank you, baby. I think we're recording, Gordo. I think we're live. We're live on the internet for we're episode live. 318 of we're live. the Alleged Wrestling Podcast. What's there supposed to be in episode 316? We don't. Don't don't bring up the war. Don't mention the war. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Jesus. I told Steve that I explicitly would not mention the war today. And you had to go and fucking ah, do it straight away. Fuck. From the top. From the top. <laughs> no, 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 we're not doing that We're, we're one take bitches here And yep. Steve has to do the editing Because he's a little bit delicate today Bless his cotton socks He uh, he, he, he had drinks on a school night And he should have known better But It's never a good idea Like He needs to no. learn that it's not a good idea to do these things Oh, hell no uh, oh, Not up at his age Especially at his age He's a, he's very, a very old, old man. man Like incredibly old very, very old man. What is so he doing? old, in fact, I believe he even was on the diversity. He was like that really, really old, old wooden ship in the Civil yep. War era. Yep, he was on it. That's how old he Ara, is. What? So, Gordo, it's Friday night. We should be uh, not recording right now. We should be sitting back watching Ireland play their Rugby World Cup semi final. Oh, you can't. You have to go I there. Know. I know, that's the real reason Steve isn't here. He's too heartbroken over the rugby last week when we lost in New Zealand. He is burying himself in his sticks of hynomite at the moment because it's the yeah. only thing that's given him solace in this dark, dark time. Yeah. It was a heartbreak. That was the ultimate heartbreaks in chat. Like, Oh, there was all of the heartbreaks in chat. It was uh, It was a very sad. I was watching it at home with the father and it was just... It was one of those games. It was like watching a car crash in slow motion. You could see it coming, all the mistakes. It was just bad. Uh, and then on top of that, New Zealand decided to play their best rugby uh, in the last three years. So yeah. no qualms on them. They earned it. But uh, that's definitely one you'd want to take back. It was, yeah, it's... Uh, at the end of the day, it's one team that showed up and played 100% and another team that showed up and played at around 60 65%, if we're being completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Very sad. The fact that Ireland still pushed them that close while mm. playing nowhere near their best is a testament to how far they've come, but fucking hell, that curse keeps just yep. It's and an meanwhile, extra kick New Zealand are playing Argentina in the semi final right now, and after 51 minutes, are winning 34 points to six. Jesus Christ, yeah, that should have been us, should have been it me, should have been me. Okay, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, that's enough, Roby. Sorry, Steve. We 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 teasing peas for your um your mention. He mentions. is he's cutting all of that. By the way, <laughs> put it out there every last bit um, has been cut. So, because Steve is a very old man and very hungover, and possibly might be touching himself, unconfirmed reports, and because Nick is too busy being an adult for the next little while, uh, it's just me and Gordo. So I'm sorry you have to put up with Gordo taking up fifty percent of the airways. <laughs> I will try right, to cover as best I can. But, you know, needs must. I will need to take a break and all that jazz. So we haven't really seen much of the weekly shows. I literally breeze watched them today while uh, while doing some work. Um, some good stuff, but I think 
what we'll do instead is just take a more holistic look at the current marketing product of oh both uh, AWW, AEWWE. A good phrase for you. AEW and WWE. Um, see why one is doing well right now and why the other one's not. Life's all cyclical. It'll come in swings and roundabouts. But right now, Gordo, why is WWE trending upwards and what is going wrong with AEW? Well, I mean, we were kind of, this is something we kind of talk about often in the house. Like, it's, it's clear you're seeing two companies going in different directions momentum wise at the moment. Now, the thing is, huge shift. Like, one of them has had it before and is able to quickly rebound, which would be AEW. I think it's very easy for AEW to rebound that bit quicker than WWE can. Mm, um, you're a bit more reactive. Whereas, yeah. Whereas WWE, it's kind of been a much kind of slower process to even get to where we are now. I mean, there's, there's been dark, dark times there for mm-hmm. the longest time. Um, so we've got to enjoy this while we have it. But like, you can clearly see they've made, WWE have made a couple of changes uh, compared to where they were five, six years ago. And there's a couple of simple bits, like the big one. Um, and it, it'll, it'll tie into the, probably the biggest and most nuanced story in wrestling over the last couple of years is the likes of storylines like the Bloodline or the stuff they're doing with the Judgment Day. They've gone back to an old school thing of there is one there's one main storyline that kind of overarchs every show. So ninety percent of the time on SmackDown it's the bloodline or it's a number one contendership thing for the bloodline. Mm. So the bloodline is really always the key there. And then on the raw side, you either have something judgment day or something KO and Sammy before obviously KO got switched to SmackDown. Uh, or it'll be something Cody related. But it's normally one of the two or three top acts on the show. And it's a story revolving around them and what's going to be next for them. Then it weaves through the whole show and in between they just punctuate it with little bits and pieces from the other ones like they'll bring in the, the mid-car titles which are also going through a bit of a rejuvenation. Um, I mean, the, the second thing that pops into my head is around how they've changed. Uh, I mean, you look at having Gunther on one show and then you have like your you know Escobar and Ray chasing the mid-car titles on the opposite side and you know, by having mm-hmm. guys like a Ray, Ray on one side and Gunther on the other, you have two lads out there who are just ridiculously good and could have fucking great matches with anybody. And we've seen them have great matches mm-hmm. with people of every size. So you can, by having someone like that on your as your mid-card champ on either side, you're able to just turn around and say, you know, who are we looking to push in now? You know, who do we want mm-hmm. to highlight a bit for the next couple of weeks? Chad Gable, we haven't really done anything with him for a while. Would you Fuck even him. contemplate the fact that they're 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 even slightly more elevated than a mid card title these days? Oh yeah, oh one hundred percent. It's it, it's essentially main and co main at this point. Like you turn around, and you say Gunter is having a big title match on a card. That you know you can easily have him main event it. Yeah, now it's Smackdown, probably you know. it's probably a case where the champion is making the championship. Oh, yeah. like oh, I said, is, yeah. if if that got dropped or if he put over someone or like the US title is a prime example no one really cares that Austin Theory had that belt for whatever eight months because I forgot it was that long to be honest it felt like it I think it was Uh, it it wouldn't be far off Gunther's a prime example of someone who really should be a world champion yeah but he's been elevating mid-car talent for the last year six months especially on Raw his matches, like you said, with Chad Gable have been exceptional. And everyone around that storyline that he's working with right now are all getting elevated as a result. Yep. 
We even had a Kira Kazama like, get a fucking great moment the other day, you know? Exactly, exactly. Funny, funniest man in the fucking company right there. But yeah, so yeah I, they've, I, 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 they've, they've built the last six months around two factions being dominant heel groups and have had splinter stories coming off both of them. Yeah. While keeping it reasonably light and from a, a Judgment Day point of view at least because obviously you've got the mommy storyline with Dominic. Dominic is getting more natural heat than probably anyone I've seen in my lifetime. Vicky Guerrero heat. I think this is even bigger slash more, better. Yeah, I think it's bigger. Yeah, I do. It's phenomenal. Like, Vicky was great because she was just a person to boo. Whereas Dominic has he's he's earned his booze. He's he's playing the character as well as being a wrestler and everything else. I think there's just more to him in that respect. Yeah. Um but obviously then you've got the Judgment Day with or not Judgment Day, the the bloodline, which is like you said, been one of the best storylines in professional wrestling history. Take any time frame out of it. It's just been more enjoyable to watch than anything else. Yeah. It's uh, it's must even see though, even this week where I don't watch SmackDown, I will check what happened with the bloodline stuff. Hundred percent. Like Roman came back last week for the first time in how long? Um, and it, two it, months or so, isn't it? And you know what? At this stage, even though he's had that title for what eleven hundred days or so, maybe more, I'm still not hating the fact that he's carrying that title. No, even though uh, I was angry that Jay didn't finish his story during the summer, ye- Roman being the champion and being the guy and carrying the family and what they've done recently with. KO coming over to SmackDown as part of this weird Cody Jey Uso draft thing. You've now got potential stumbling blocks along the way for Roman as well. So you can, and this is where the crossover will happen with AEW. You don't see future booking with AEW anymore, um, and we'll, we'll get into a bit bored. more in a while. Very yeah, like that. you can see the next five months for Roman. Yeah, easily. You can go in a few different ways, of course, but it's not trivial. It's not, you're like thinking, no. Jesus, how are they going to drag this out? It's it's very obvious what they're going to do. It's, it's not booking on a whim. They're literally, they have they have everything set up. And like They could go one of three or four ways, but everything yeah. is set up for each of those ways to be a possibility, which, yeah. you know, they're, they're keeping you guessing while also having, while also throwing stuff in your face. It's a really, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's amazing how they're doing it, to be honest. Um, and like they're filling more TV time than AWR right now they've got like I'm, I'm not I'm not including Rampage because Rampage is effectively dark right now yeah although Tony has an announcement he's an, he's announcing a dream match for Collision on Rampage tonight if a bear shits in the woods you know yeah, circle I know, scenario yeah. I, I, just, uh, I just happened to cop it when I was looking uh, when I was about to post a tweet for something for work earlier I just happened to cop if it if I see like, Tony Khan announcement I, I just completely ignore it now Yep, uh, and that's probably another thing we'll we'll talk about in a bit. But the the reliance on uh, overuse of gimmicks to to pop a rating or to pop a an interest in a particular moment rather than oh, developing something of that. Exactly, uh, but but back to, back to WWE. I think you, they've simplified. I think you you said that at the very beginning. I think that kind of narrows it down. It definite shift from when Vince stepped away from being the sole booker to when Triple H came in and took over oh, as God head yeah. booker and depending on what you believe now is the only booker uh, I remember 20, it was what 2018 maybe into 2019 
when they were struggling to sell three, four thousand tickets for a SmackDown yeah. taping. Yeah. Tarping off literally the fucking whole middle and upper sections of some of the arenas yeah. they were running because they were too proud to move to smaller ones. Yeah. Which is something AEW are currently going through. But uh yeah, it's it's fascinating. Legitimately and I could not believe the, the difference that they've gone through. So you look at why that happened, right? And you can think of multiple reasons, but people will buy tickets and they will go to shows that they're genuinely interested in. 100%. If they're not interested in it, they won't go. And if they, they are interested, fuck. they will go regardless of the cost. Yep. It's it's not rocket science, to, as the man says. But they're... Look, we, we'll, I'll quickly throw in a joke that we often say. It's too hard. No, it's not. It's not too hard. It's quite simple. Wrestling mm. booking can be simple if you just use your fucking brain. So, like, they were overbooking things to a massive degree then, back then. Like, there was no logic was as to why they were doing so things. so bad, some of the shit they done. You had Bill Goldberg coming back in and squashing people. You had, obviously, Roman trying to be the, the force down your throat superhero baby face that they think that everyone wanted. Suffering suck it has uh, you, you had Super Cena still doing his sh- usual usual shtick. You'd KO been buried left, right, and center. Finn Balor was losing mid-card titles to randomers. It was just it was paint Awful. by numbers. And and we've we used the phrase the show was booked on a what was it? Uh a back of the cigarette. Cocktail napkin or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Co- so cocktail, like, cocktail, literally rip up the napkin in the Denny's. They literally rip up the script mid-show and you could tell it watching it live that things were just all over the place. You had people coming to the ring that didn't know what they were doing. It uh, looks like a time where Rollins corner. was sent out for a match and it was like they'd done his full entrance and he just stood in the ring for three minutes and then he was just yeah. left. It's crazy. They were and like, I, I've, been one of the, I've been one of the biggest detractors from WWE over the last few years because it's just been frustrating booking. I don't watch the weekly shows anymore, but I'll breeze watch them the following day nowadays, at least so I'm kind of getting back into it. I'll watch the pay-per-views because they're usually more convenient on a Saturday night now, and they, they don't last five hours, which is always good. That's a big thing. Yeah, now, they still annoy me with the amount of ads they take and all that jazz, but they're still getting better. But if only um, you had somebody you could shout about, uh, shout about the ads to, you know? <laughs> if there was somebody you could give out to and tell them to skip the ads. I know, yeah. It's only, if only. If only there was someone like that. But the... What, what was I going to say? That they were... It's funny, after every single show they rate about, or rant about, you know, highest grossing Smackdown in Tuscany or wherever the fuck they are. Uh, they've sold more tickets to this venue than they've ever done before. So it's not even a case of where they've opened the ticket charges and, you know, they're getting the same people but they're paying more. So higher gate tickets they're selling more tickets and they're making more money yeah it's it's literally they can't do any more than they're doing right now they are literally having their cake and eating it yeah it's fascinating i'm genuinely fascinated by the the success and i think it's almost a a a weird microchism of everything as well so people are going paced purely on the fact that shows are selling out and that they're seeing good publicity for oh highest grossing smackdown in history and people are saying, geez, it must be good. I better go. You know, the yeah. hype is creating even more hype. Uh, it's, it's purely fascinating from a spectator point of view as well. Uh, because we've all been to live shows. It is one of the worst experiences oh. ever going to a live recording of Raw or SmackDown. 
because they do nothing for to cater for the the live audience. The ad breaks are painful. They, like I said, they'll have someone come to the ring, or come to the ring, then they'll cut for an ad break, then they'll come back from the ad break, do a backstage segment, go to another ad break, come back, and the second person enters. They'll start the match, and within ninety seconds, they'll cut to another ad break. It is painful as a live person being live in the venue, especially for all it's three hours. I just refused to go the last time I went to Mania. Like At least with Mania, it's, it's tipping, tipping over the whole time, but Jesus, it's been painful. Yep. Um, yep. Where do you think Where do you think WWE are going to go, say, for the next six months? Can they continue this momentum? Uh, I think it's going to taper off. Uh, slightly, now, and I, I, I can kind of see a common, maybe that kind of Survivor Series to Rumble dip, but at the end of the day, when you look at it now, it's coming into that time of year where they do always dial it up a notch again. So I mean, they're already, you know, this is they'll often have the bump of people that are interested for Mania, and they normally book that bit better generally around Mania, and but then mm. it'll taper off by around SummerSlam. We're now in October, yeah. and it hasn't really tapered off. There's still that intrigue there around us. And it's the longest in probably a good decade where they've kept fans engaged post-mania. Now, as I said, I do, I do mm-hmm. still think there might be a dip off. I, I think, you know, you're, you're getting into the likes of a Saudi show and stuff like that now. And I, I, I think they can sometimes take a bit of the hype away. Yeah, So and- I can see that maybe taking a bit away, but realistically, they're, they're right in the high. And what they're coming up to another Rumble and Mania bump again, so I can see it lasting um, for a bit. Survivor Series might just be one of the biggest Survivor Series they've ever had, and I don't even say that uh, jokingly. They've legitimately rearranged the venue in Chicago to f- put more seats in, so they've kind of tapered back the stage that they'd normally use and show and sold corner seats. Where would would normally be blocked off by the stage? Is that because somebody needs to look in my eyes? Well, look at SRS told me that uh, Punk is definitely debuting at uh, or re-debuting at Survivor Series. So take from that what you will. Yep. Could you imagine the scenes if he actually does turn up? Like I personally don't see it happening, just because one, it's too obvious, and. To, I don't think they're quite there just yet in terms of mending fences. I could see a surprise rumble entrant more so than actually being at Survivor Series. I, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if they try and do a little bit of a swerve and have it be at Rumble instead. Um, now, I do think if he shows up, like you get the Chicago pop. That's the one thing that keeps popping into my head is there's the possibility for the Chicago pop from. Okay. Like, because of that alone, I'm like, I can see them. I, I can see them doing it. I can see them going for the, the, the Chicago pop for them. Like, all the power right now is in Triple H and WWE hands. Oh, it's 100%. They've, they're, they're, they're in full control here. Like, it's. Now, if Punk wants to continue his career and is open to the idea of going back to WWE. I think he has to go back cap in hand because he's said and done an awful lot of things like that doctor he sued is still employed by WWE as far as I know. I think he might uh, be. 
he said some very disparaging things about the about Triple H about the WWE in general so you know I wonder and I know Vince in, in particular was always quick to forget these sort of things and you know do what's best for business but I wonder if Triple H would also be the same way of thinking and from from what the reports are are the superstars and oh, I feel sick even just saying that uh, are the wrestlers uh, in WWE mature enough to get over their own fucking grievances a la how the elite weren't and you know give Punk a second chance in WWE if Obviously, they Rollins like is money the most, they uh, Rollins is the most notable yeah. in terms of his uh, outspokenness towards Punk can he I think he would I think he would do business uh, he's done business with Riddle, given the stuff that went down there before. Um, mm. At the end of the day, there is an awful lot of money on the table for anyone yeah. who is considered to work with Punk. Well, that's it. Like so, he, Well, I suppose let's look at that and kind of take that point and, and flip it over from, from the AEW point of view, right? So he was their biggest merch seller, I, I believe, from a good distance. Oh, so. I don't think anyone came close to him. Uh, Mark Henry was on, I don't know, was it Busted Open this week or his podcast or whatever it was, but obviously he was actually saying good things about Punk. He was saying, you know, he's kind of set in his ways, but he was brought up in a world of kind of respect and, you know, you earn your stripes, so to speak. And he said, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's 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 good for the business, but he was said it more so in the point that, you know, the kids don't, look up to the elders kind of anymore. Yeah. And almost with a wink and a nod to, to Punk's grievances with Hangman for not taking the advice of like Aaron Anderson or something like that, which still baffles me to this day. But That's, Yeah, I don't understand that. And I know the Soup Boy kind of touched on it um, with regards to, is this, you know, AEW and Tony Khan's biggest faux pas so far in their short history, letting Punk go and not sorting the problems. Would would you have kept him around? And how would you have kept him around? If so. I mean, well, first of all, I don't think I would have thought that I was fearing for my fucking life if there was a fight happening nearby. Uh, oh, that's that's already winning the award at the end of the year for most ridiculous comment by a booker. Yeah, that's that, that, that was just next level. Uh, I think... Listen, they had to try and find a way to keep him. Like, I get there's going to be some people that aren't going to be happy with it. But, you're the boss. You know, you mm-hmm. turn around and say, no, I understand. But, you know, there's bills to be paid here. Yeah. I might have a lot of money. This is supposed to be self-sustaining. This isn't supposed to be a fucking money sink for this lad. Mm-hmm. So... There's serious money to be had there with Punk being there. As I said, be it merch, be it tickets. The drop-off of ticket sales since he left is no coinky-dink. Yes, sir. So, I would have tried to move heaven and earth. You would do the whole thing with the separate shows. You would have had to have sat the people on the opposite side down and said, like, the stuff that happened on the far side of it was petty. The Jungle Boy mm-hmm. thing was fucking ridiculous. That was yeah. like, you know what? 
he deserved a fucking slap. <laughs> to be that fucking I stupid. just don't get it. I just no. genuinely don't get it. But like, I'm like, trying to like look at it from their and, point of view. But imagine someone say going out and uh, we'll say we're on SmackDown tonight. You know, uh, I'm trying to think who's on SmackDown. It's low down the card. Raul Mendoza, or whatever his name is now, Cruz del Toro, I think he's called. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, big fan of his, of his, that's why he popped into my head. But we'll say he goes out in the open match tonight, uh, or he goes out on a pre show on Survivor Series, and he's having just a one on one match with fucking Grayson Waller. And mm-hmm. in that match, he does the whole wanky fist. <laughs> and then just kind of just stares down the camera and just gives a little wink. Similar enough to the, you know, the Crimea River shit. You telling me the WWE wouldn't fucking throw the book at him for you know belittling something that's involved in someone who's the main event, who's the biggest star in the fucking company, biggest star in company yeah. history. You protect Unreal. you protect your top guys, you protect the credibility of them. People knew that this interview was out there, uh, and what the, and all the stuff that was said. Jungle Boy went out there and tried to belittle that and poke it poke fun at it he deserved a fucking slap unreal like I, I genuinely can't understand his logic no and, espe- and especially right at that particular moment in time take take everything else aside and just look at that particular thing in isolation like how and I want to say this with all due respect how fucking dumb do you need to be to yeah. do that while opening the biggest show in professional wrestling history. Yeah. That's going to provoke the biggest star in your company just before they go out for a world title fight in front of 75 to 80,000 people. Yep. How fucking dumb do you need to be to do that? He's he's a fucking clown. He's an absolute fucking clown. That's ignoring everything else. Ignoring brawl out, ignoring everything else that goes with Hangman. Just looking at that particular moment in isolation. Yeah. And there's an, it's no surprise that he hasn't come back yet. No. Like, I would imagine that whenever he comes back, he's not going to be met very well. No, because there's a lot of people he's after screwing out of money there in this yeah. situation. And that's it. I, I don't understand this whole concept of needing to be friends with the people you work with. And I only work a fucking office job. I yeah. don't want to be friends with everyone that I work with. Sure, there are people that I do enjoy spending time with and I will hang out with them after work. Oh, of course. But if I need to be in a, on a project with somebody, they could be the biggest dickhead in the world. But as long as they do what they need to do and let me do what I need to do, I will be as happy as a pig in shit. Yep. You do your gig, I do my gig. We all log out here at the end of the day and we all go off and do our own fucking thing. Everyone's yep. happy as Larry. Cool, grand. And at the cool, end of the day... It. At the end of the day, Punk is still one of the best in-ring performers, not just in this generation, but possibly ever. He's in the debate. Like you wouldn't, you couldn't say that he's oh, not he on the shortlist. And well, the, the point I'm strong. making by that, the point I'm making by that, he's he's going to be safe in the ring. So no matter what, he's not going to put you in any form form of danger in the ring. Oh. And you could tell that the likes of Omega wanted to work with him. Oh fuck yeah! With the way, with the comments he was making, I think even on the the Renee podcast that he did um, 
just as they were coming back uh, on the trios run. Yeah. You could tell the issues were with the Bucks. You can tell they had took exception to something or something that Punk did or whatever. Kenny, Kenny's the, no fool. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny sees the dollars. And that's not a hit, Adam. The fact that we didn't get Kenny and Punk is fucking criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Tony Khan is the biggest bottler in the world. And I say that with no due respect. Because when Brawlout happened, even before Brawlout, actually, specifically before Brawlout happened, he should have been sitting both of these guys, locked them in a fucking room, and said, you're not coming out of here until you've sorted your fucking problems. Figure it out. Figure it Literally. Like, out. he's the one who let it get to a point of where fisticuffs happened. Yeah. And because of that, everything manifested and kind of got worse and evolved, and finally... There was literally a snowball effect. Yeah. So and that's one of the points I was making. Having no cojones. And everyone has said it. You know, you've let the lunatics run the asylum. Uh, you so did that at day one by calling them EVPs and giving them places beyond yeah. their station. Because, yes, they're good in-ring performers. Not the best. Um, and I would finally be coming around to the way of thinking that Steve was kind of prophetizing since day one of where they know how to wrestle one match and that's about it. They haven't evolved as performers. I would openly say that. Yeah, that's um, a young true. bucks match in twenty twenty three is the same as a young bucks match in twenty eighteen. Yeah, I hate to say you still see the exact same spots. They're good spots. They look the part. Yeah. They're fun, but they were good like, in two thousand eighteen. They're less good now. Like at the end of the day, back in the, back then, there was a, a proper debate to be had, a three way debate between them, the Usos, and FTR, as to you know who would you. If you're if you're starting a company, who would you have as your tag team? You know, who mm. who would you build your tag division around? There was, there was a genuine argument to be had over that. Yeah. Now the Bucks are nowhere near that discussion. The other two mm-hmm. have leapfrogged them. Uh, but I actually prefer would have included the Briscoes in there as well. Uh, uh, but obviously they weren't getting the recognition because they didn't have yeah. a bigger platform. But you know, I'd put, I'd put FTR above them by a mile. Um, I'd put, even within their own company, outside of FTR, the acclaimed, I think, have bypassed them. Yeah. Or they were legitimately the best friends, Santana and Ortiz, when they were Santana, uh, in Santana the Santana Ortiz were top quality. Uh, apparently, they're doing great stuff on uh, on Rampage at the moment, but they're suffering from the whole, you know, bear shit in the woods, nobody around here. Yeah. The, the story they're telling is very good because it's uh, blending the lines between reality and fiction. So yeah. you don't know, are they friends, or are they not? But uh, yeah, that needs to be told on a bigger screen. Yeah, give me that 10,000 times over JR sitting down with Nick, Ma- Nick Wayne and his mother. Like, oh. why in the blue fuck is that on national TV? And Tony uh, Storm doing her fucking silent movies. Yeah, uh, I, actually, just, just very quick, this might be a speed run. Uh, are we saying do 24 7? For which? I didn't see Tony the Tony Storm. Storm. I didn't see the Tony <laughs> Storm bit, but I saw the, I saw the Nick Wayne thing. Oh man, I, I I legitimately don't know. I it was that was so bad. Like that it was, was very dr- ungood. Yeah, like that was drizzling shit's bad. Uh, yeah, I just it's very much a damp squib at the moment. Uh, the AEW. Did you say it's, damp squid? Yeah, that's what it is. It's a damp squid. Oh, that's true. It's not as bad as the news segments. Sean with a great shout. Yeah, look, still got awful. Um, 
it's bad when it's bad when twenty twenty three Christian Cage couldn't save a segment. Yeah, like Christian Cage and is literally holding that company up right now. Yeah, his back is fucked, and that's the, and that's not even a criticism on him. He's performing great, he's content. phenomenal. But as, as you should not be relying on a fifty. You should not be relying on a fifty-year-old man to be the savior Fuck of a wrestling no. company. Fuck no! The only other segment that I think had people really talking in a positive way this week was the fact that you know we're getting the one final run of Sting. Um, yeah, which Next obviously people are excited to see it? where they go at five or six months. Yeah. So like obviously everyone's excited to see where, where that goes for him and obviously the man's a fucking legend. That's one of the things AEW done quite well is they made people forget how shit his WWE run was. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks, So be forever forever thankful to Tony Khan for that. <laughs> uh, you know, at least at least thing is going out the right way thanks to to AEW. But there's an awful lot of people that aren't going the right way at the moment because of AEW. So So let's kind of dig into that. So AEW have I would politely say shat the bed in the last two months maybe leading up to all in all out um you also had the new york's tennis show uh, arthur ash show arthur ash, yeah. uh, wrestle dream so you had four pay-per-view level events in the space of five six weeks yep um that is all a blur to me I legitimately couldn't tell you who wrestled on All Out. Um, yeah, that's a shame. No. <laughs> Can you remember who wrestled on the show you were at? Uh, well, not really, because I couldn't fucking see anything. Stupid fucking bastard. Sorry, that's my bad. At least you made it home um, eventually. True, true, true. Um, but what else was I going to say? Yeah, so the point I was making is they've sacrificed long-term storytelling for short-term booking because they've booked themselves into a corner by having too many pay-per-view level events. Yeah. And because of that, it feels like they're going week by week, which is not letting people get invested into stories. And because of that, people are just not interested in continuing to watch. It's, it's, it's basic level. And that's where I am right now. If I don't watch AW, I don't feel like I'm missing anything because it's just going to be something random and it'll be something random again next week. I didn't watch this week. Legit, just obviously now you, uh, we did have the power outage in the house, obviously, which kind of fucked my ability to watch it yesterday. But yeah, I ended up mm. not watching it this week. Uh, obviously, just today was just a bit of a busy day and it was up early, so I just didn't get around to it today at all. But at the same time, I'll hopefully watch Collision tomorrow night. Uh, I'm assuming whatever is really relevant, they're just going to show me on that. It's essentially become what WWE was two or three years ago. What happened? Oh, it doesn't matter because they'll show a replay of it because it's about the only thing that people are talking about. They'll have maybe one or two things happen. They'll show a replay for it, and that's it. Yeah. Um, you, you you don't like it. Doesn't feel as must see as it was before. Which, as I said right back at the start of this, look, they they're the quickest to react. They're the quickest to pivot. They've done it where stuff's gone wrong before. They 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 can be very quick to reset things and get back on track. This is probably the most prolonged instance, though, where you kind of have to say, when is the when's the slide going to stop? Mm-hmm. Well, like look at their their main champions, right? So you got MJF, who is about to overtake Kenny Omega as the longest reigning champion. Uh, 
actually, sorry, really got across a quick stat on that. Another uh, way people are complaining about the amount of title defenses Roman has had. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense today, uh, the def- was it defenses per day? Uh, Roman, I believe, is 40.4 days per defense. MJF is 48 point something. <laughs> so just if, for anyone... Yeah, so for anyone who's uh, shitting on, on Roman's uh, reign, yeah. unattended, uh, it's actually statistically been defended more than MJF's belt. So. Give me your belt. Give me your belt. Proper trash. Uh But yeah, so mm. it's, look, it's, yeah, it's, yeah sorry, just I found out it was a fascinating fact when I saw it the other day. Um, mm. Anyway, sorry, you were you were running through the two champs before I rudely I'm just I'm just saying, like, look at the champions, right? So you you got MGF, who's like I said, is about to overtake the the reign of Kenny Omega. He kind of whispered in his ear thirteen days on Dynamite this week, so that was a nod to when he'd overtake it. You don't really look and see, okay, what are they building to in terms of that ending for him? You know, they they've got Adam Cole thing, but we right now we still don't know if his injury is legit or not. And the whole thing with Roddy has just gone on too long where he's almost been kept Adam. captive in Roddy's house because he needs to do all these weird tasks. Like, he fucking made him a coffee and a peanut butter sandwich this week. Like, it's 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 gone. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I love Matt Taven. I, I genuinely I do. I'm actually a, a Taven fan. But any segment... Fucking has, Mark. Any segment that has Bennett and... Uh, like, this is the most charismatic Roddy Strong has ever been. And even at that, they managed to overdo it to a point where I'm like, no, I'm, I'm remembering this Roddy Strong, lads. I'm remembering mm. who this is. Like, Adam! Adam! And the first couple of weeks, it was hilarious. Loved it. But yeah, now I'm remembering that it's Roddy Strong. So move on. Um, like They seem to be setting up a couple of different kind of possible contenders for him, for MJF. But every one of them, with the exception of Adam Cole, I look at them like, they look like a trap, but they're not going to win. Yeah, like, like I love what you, they're doing with um, uh, Samoa Joe. Like his vignettes are fantastic. Oh, incredible! But he's not going. He's not going to beat him for the title. No, he's already lost him, and because of that, it's hard to see how he is a threat. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, uh, said, like it's, Kenny, it's something WWE have, have did for years. They they bury their competitors so that when they step up again to challenge, you don't believe them. Jesus, look at Nakamura. Oh. He's, still, he's still fucking struggling with that now, the poor lad. The dick is uh, stuff. Oh, heartbreaks in chat. Heartbreaks in mm. fucking chat. Yeah, even with that, like the other, honestly, I couldn't name, I actually can't name all the champs that are in AEW at the moment. So you've got Christian as the TNT champ. The, the most memorable of the international one. Legitimately. If, since, since the Orange lost the title the first time, it's lost a lot of luster. Yeah. Well, obviously, he lost it to Moxley at... Mox, and then obviously Mox got hurt. What other fucking show it was, yeah. And Mox was supposed to face some unknown person at the fucking WrestleDream show, but he got hurt. So they did the flip to Phoenix, and then Phoenix flipped it back to Orange Cassidy. So who the fuck knows what's going on there? And I don't, I don't mind a kind of an interim... Not an interim, but a, a hot potato title. Like that it, as long it, as it's it not was a weird, it was a weird as a main title. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like it's defended every week, so that's fair enough. You know, if you if you defend it four or five times, then drop it week six. That I think that's fair enough. Yeah. If it's a world title that's been changed every often like that, then that's a different kettle of fish. Uh, but then you got the women's champion, who's now Sheeta again after beating Soraya. Was it last case, week or Wrestle Dream or one of those yeah, things? In, in case of emergency, call Sheeta. Like, like Sheeta's fantastic. I love Sheeta. Phenomenal. I loved her since day one. I wanted her to beat yeah. Riho in fucking all out show we were at. Yeah, that's how much I loved her since then. Yeah, Sheeta's been phenomenal, and again goes back to the early days of the podcast where we said you you build your you can build a women's division around Sheeta. She is yeah. that good. But again, like the, the thing we've said since day one, that the women's division has not been booked very strong. It's no. now looking like it's in a reasonable, healthy position in terms of having enough women who are capable of carrying multi-storylines throughout multiple shows. Yeah. But they're still not booking them. Like Tony no. Storm has been fantastic, but these uh, silent movies that have been on Dynamite for the last few weeks have been the drizzling shits. Yeah. Paddy, like I want to give it a chance, but no. I, P- Paddy, I think, was on the verge of turning off the first one. I'll give him credit. I think yeah. he was ahead of the curve on it. From, from literally from the start, he was like, this is going nowhere. don't want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... And like it, they, they, they tiptoed on the character well for the first few weeks, where they're like, this is kind of the delusional, you know... She's losing her mind. Fatale, you know, which is great. You know, that's fantastic storyline and it's very engaging. But they went way too far. They, they fucking injected it with steroids and now they're trying to make it into something that is just going to push away fans incredibly quickly. So whoever has been oh, yeah. behind that needs a fucking good kick in the head. Yep. No um, should be there. TBS champion uh, Statlander has been great. I've really enjoyed her work. No surprise that she's mainly been performing on Collision, where it's just an overall better wrestling show, it's, even still after Punk is gone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that, uh, weirdly enough, I think that and NXT are the two easiest shows to watch at the moment. Well, NXT, yes, because my expectations are, are very low with NXT, just with the um, nature of a developmental show. Which, to loop back to WWE very quickly, it was actually the third point I kind of would bring up around WWE and how they've re-established themselves and got themselves back kind of on track is the fact that they've actually kind of realigned people's thought processes to the fact that NXT is developmental again. Because so it's lowered the expectation. People aren't expecting like, you know, Keith Lee Dijak every second week. You know, people are mm-hmm. expecting people are expecting, okay, Lyra Valkyrie is gonna go out and have a match with I don't know, Kiana James. No, using the two of them, two of them are very good. But you know, mm. people that could do with a little bit of work they're solid. You know you're going to get decent matches, but you're going to see a little bit of botchiness. You're going to see stuff that needs to be tightened up. Uh, you know, uh, was it, who was it? Lyra had a match. Who did Lyra face this week? Where it looked like they were, they were doing like Lucha stuff and it looked like it was going to 70% speed. Oh, it was... Um... Oh, what was her name? Ah, uh, fuck. Uh, but, you know, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it, it's very much a case of with WWE, they... They've now realigned and kind of reprogrammed people's brains to be, you know, Raw and SmackDown's where you get the big boys. This is where this is where the stars are. You tune into NXT, you're you're gonna see something a bit different. You're gonna see stuff that's a little bit rougher to watch. Um but you'll also have your top guys, your you know, your Dracolov, your mellows. Yeah, it's definitely turned a corner since it's kind of gone back to black and gold a bit. Oh yeah. And uh, gotten rid of the two point oh. 
yeah, it's 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 night and day the difference in it. Um, but yeah, that that and yeah, Collision that obviously is on the AW side the easiest show to watch by a large large margin. Um, uh, and to be fair, Statlander has been tearing it up there. But this is a problem with the AW. They have people like her, and they have people like Athena. But because of whatever way mm-hmm. they're doing it, they nearly have a pigeonhole to a particular show. Now, you look at WWE at the moment, Judgment Day is taking off. Dominic Mysterio is getting nuclear heat. He's shown up and he's interfering in matches on other shows. Priest has the money in the bank briefcase, and now Dom is able to show up on different shows with him. There's tag titles involved, so he's able to show up on different shows. Rhea has just decided to show up on NXT. Cool, Dom is going to show up on NXT, and he wins a fucking title there. So he's able to go there. WWE just find ways to be able to move these people around. Now, I know people laugh at it and make fun of the whole, you know, the, was it the open invitational or whatever, but WWE will always find a way to ride the hot hand. AEW have people like Statlander who's tearing it up, having brilliant matches the whole time. Have Athena, probably the best woman they have at the moment, is Athena. Where Where is she? When is the last time she had a match of any note on either Collision or dynamite i honestly couldn't tell you and i'm probably one of the fucking biggest stands of her there is they need to get better at putting people in the right positions having athena for all the work that she's doing in ring of honor having her in ring of honor is dragging down the rest of the women's division because you're you're neglecting you're starving the other women's division of the possibility of working with her um That'd just be my two cents on it. But yeah, it's... Yeah. At the end of the day, it's night and day. Um, like you, you look at what went on with NXT this week. NXT are here running tournaments at the moment. Um, NXT are able to get by with their crowds at the moment and are still getting a buzz despite the fact that they're running the breakout tournament for the women at the moment. Now, the last one was fantastic got some great matches some very very talented people in it this one the crop is a lot greener you're 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 seeing things aren't as smooth you're seeing there's a lot more work needed for a lot of these women uh there's some future stars in there without a doubt but there's work that's needed but because of how nxt has been for the last while because of the other stuff they're putting around it they're able to get by people aren't shitting on it people are giving it a chance people are saying okay cool you know this this match might not be great but i'm getting this top match later on tonight i'm looking forward to you know oh cool here's trick williams coming out trick williams is probably one of us over people in fucking wrestling right now the man could as i remember six months ago the man could barely hit a drop kick that was about the only move he could hit but because they're putting them in a position, they're putting them out there, they're playing to his strengths, they're doing what works. Yeah, I just think it's very much a a night and day between the two companies. Um, and you, you can see from the ticket sales, you can see from the hype, you can see from how people talk about the shows uh, with regards to, you know, if they miss it. It feels like a bigger deal if you missed a WWE show now, whereas if you miss an AEW show... You just think, oh, cool! I'll, I'll, I'll catch it on, 
I'll catch a replay or I'll catch uh, I'll catch a couple of highlights or I'll just read about it. It it doesn't have the the must see factor and the wow factor anymore. And that's some of the Tony and the, Tony and whatever other folks who trust the book. And they'll need to figure that out. Maybe spend a little bit less time on the you know, social media. Because uh, obviously that's been something else that's been really hurting them. And I think it's soured a lot of the goodwill that they've had for the last while. Is Tony Khan's antics again, Chris Jericho this week, really doubling down on it. Um, with his comment of how basically WWE need, uh, shouldn't get too big for their britches, celebrating beating AEW last week. I'm like, WWE have barely commented on it. All of the noise is coming from his own house. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, just what you said there, Sean. It's it's, it's mad. Um, the Meltzer comment about how Tony's doing this to get people to look at his Twitter. This whole, you know, no publicity, uh, no such thing as bad publicity. Uh, there kind of is. I mean, I, I I genuinely think that part of like seeing this weird shit coming from him. I think I think that partly feeds into why I just don't give a shit at the moment. Because Tony's like, a big crackhead, apparently. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. It's it, it it's I will say it's it soured me a bit on the whole show, in, in its own weird way. Like I, like the shows themselves, the, the, the matches are very good still. Yeah, you know, there's people there that I want to succeed. I should be wanting to like it, but at the same time, I'm like, I I see Tony tweet about the shows now, and I'm like, I don't want to support this. No, I would agree. Uh, you, like you want to have a, an impression of somebody who's not necessarily just that they're the CEO or whatever fucking title is, but if he's booking the show, you want to believe that he's of sound mind, that he knows yeah. what he's doing, that he's planned out what he's doing. But when you see his tweets and the way he words his tweets and the the, oh, the, the replies to some tweets that he gives, you look at him and it's it's incredibly petty, incredibly short sighted. And you, you genuinely fear that he's not well. He, I, I, I heard a wise man once say that he is in fact not well. And and like when you see that, it, it it doesn't give you confidence to go and watch a show that he's booking. Oh Jesus, no! So that's oh. kind of the point. I would kind of refute Meltzer's. Um, uh, I don't know what you call it. Promotion of Tony's Twitter. Yeah, is like, it Tony nearly endorsed? Uh, nearly endorsing. They've really endorsed the the actions of it, like yeah, no, no, it's absolutely it's, no, no. Like for all the flaws that Vince McMahon has and had, you know, at least he never kind of appeared so foolishly on in the public specter. I suppose it's probably the best way of saying it. For whatever antics he got up to and for whatever bad decisions he made you'd still have reasonable confidence that he could book a good wrestling show up until maybe oh, two yeah. years ago. Three years wonder ago. If you, I wonder if you ever caught that, that ghastly in the gym, actually. It's just talking in my head. I was like, I wonder if it, uh, when we're just talking social media, we pivoted to Vince. For, I was like, I just started thinking about Vince's social media. I'm like, I wonder if you ever caught it. Uh, <laughs> you'd love to know how much he was paid for that tweet. Oh, 
but yeah, it's again, it's the it's the yin and yang of these two companies. It's it's fascinating. Okay, it actually is. So tell me, what would you do, or or how would you fix AEW's fortunes, or how would you turn things around? Without going obviously too specific, what like what key changes would you make to try f- turn the boat around, so to speak? First one, Tony's got to give up the book. All of the book. Um, obviously, in a similar role of how the book stops with Vince, or stopped with Vince, and obviously now stops with Triple H. Um, you know, get people in there to help write it. Get get you know get proper people in there to be run, and essentially you're the final sign off on it, as opposed to as it seems at the moment, which is, you know, nearly inmates running the asylum. People come that are his friends and pitch stuff to him and he just signs off on it. No, have people that are independent of all that, that are the ones signing off on it. They'll put together the show and structure the show and then they'll come to you with the final say because that removes some of the favoritism of, Mm. you know, specific people just going out there and doing their own thing the whole time. Uh, Would you have anyone in mind? I mean, you have people like Daniels, you have, I don't know, is Chris Hero still backstage there at the moment? Um, I know he's actually wrestling his first match in three and a half years in California, I believe, this weekend. Um, I don't know if I trust Daniels. I, I, mean, I don't know, but he, he's, supposed to be, he's doing talent relations related stuff. You know, but yeah, you have the likes of Hero. I mean, realistically, trust Danielson? I would, more so than Daniels anyway. Yeah, you know, you, you know, there's plenty of people there. There's plenty of experience. I keep Jericho the fuck away from it. Yeah, um, I don't think he'd want it. To be fair, no, not that he's and keep, uh, keep every member of the elite the fuck away from it. If they even yeah. try and sit in one of those meetings, keep them the fuck out of there. Yeah, um, they, I think it was a huge flow resigning them. Not that I necessarily fire them, but like. The, the expectation is that they've signed long-term deals. Yeah, that's bad. I, I think I think they should have gone short-term, a year, eighteen-month deal. Essentially, guys, prove what you're fucking worth here. Yeah, they've not been they've not been delivering for the last while. Now, Kenny, barely away with Kenny. He was hurt. He hasn't really had the singles run since. Been doing all this weird shit with like what's Tekesh, the bargaining uh, power? That's the thing. They don't have any bargaining power except for they're the elite. They, like, they got this contract. They got this contract on brand name and being friends with Tony. Yeah, like would WWE actually hire them in this in twenty twenty three? Would WWE hire them other than just being spiteful? Uh, Omega, yes. Bucks, I will say no. And Hangman, I think no. I think I think at this point Omega is the only one that Triple H should have any interest in taking, with the exception of being petty. Obviously, but for actual yeah. wanting, for actual wanting to bring someone in to wrestle and to contribute to the company, I think the only one that they would see value in is Kenny. Fair, because uh, I, I don't, I because I personally don't think there's any value in the others. True, uh, true, true. Well, like Hangman, I think had probably the, one of the biggest potentials out of all of them, mainly because yeah. he was younger. But he had a fantastic look and a, a gimmick that would translate in any market. Um, but I, I don't think he's kicked on. Again, I think even to a degree, Kenny, I don't think any of them have really kicked on since 2018. No. 
And the problem I would have with Hangman now is he is essentially now getting the, the whole thing of is he problematic? Would having yeah, him in the dressing room cause more harm than good? I'd, I'd, prob- I'd say probably not. I, I don't think he'd be the one to cause problems, but he might be the one to take exception to yeah. people who might cause problems. Yeah. You know what and I mean? He's also, but he's also had a problem taking direction. When he went out. Yeah. You know? He's, he's saying that this whole stuff, he's not going to listen to people who have been doing it for all that time. He's specifically yeah. come out and said he's not going to, you know, he doesn't listen to these people. In WWE, you fucking listen. Well, that's it. Like, if you walked into that dressing room in WWE and you have the legends that they have come and go through the PC or to turn up at random events, you will listen or you will not last. Yeah. It's not a case of where you'll be let do your own thing. No. You know, and again, again, to a degree, I wonder, has his matches changed in five years either? Has, is he doing anything better no. or worse now than he was then? It's what weird way is he going to set up a buckshot this time? Um, or the, the Maureen O'Hara. Oh, yeah, the Maureen O'Hara moonsault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. There's no evolution in him. There's no change. It's, yeah, I, th- I think there's, I think there's a couple of red flags around him there now that weren't there when their last contracts were up. To a point where I don't know, I don't think I personally I don't think WWE would go near them. Um, Jeff, it's 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 fascinating. It's it's, it's fascinating to see the, the the evolution of the elite at this point. We could, we could probably do a couple of hours just fucking breaking down how the last four years have gone. For them, <laughs> but uh, I don't think the old man would be too happy. No, um, but what else could they do? Like genuine question. Yeah, I said, big one for me is the book. Um, at, at this point, get the fucking title off MJF. I don't care where you go with it. Your title means nothing at the moment to me. Your main title means fuck all. And the problem is, because your main title means fuck all, every other title is beneath that. So if your main title means fuck all, all of your titles mean fuck all to me. Mm-hmm. So no match feels big because I don't care for matches. I don't care for matches for any of these mid-card titles at the moment because championships seem to mean nothing to the company. Say what you want about Roman's lack of title defences. Every title defence he has feels big. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, yeah, I, I, they'd be the two for me would be, uh, would be as a get rid of the book, get, get that title off MJF to kind of give it a bit of a kick up the arse again. Um, hold down the matches on TV contradictory because I know a lot of their fan base is built out the fact that they have these big extreme matches these wild matches the whole time but if you're if you're giving it away on TV what are you saving for your pay-per-views like WWE will grow oh, would say, would say you have I'll use them as an example Rollins and Ricochet because they're two of the most athletic people they have if Rollins and Ricochet were to go out and have a match on Raw on Monday, it's going to be a phenomenal match. People are going to be talking about it all week. We're probably giving a mm-hmm. match of the week when we come on here. Well, when you come on here next week, because I won't be here. Sag. We can be on here raving about how good that match will be, but I guarantee you the one thing we'll turn around and say, 
they had more. They have and they they left some they left something for the next time. For the on the off chance that they run this back at it could be a fucking Saudi show. <laughs> or it could be no, I know I loved Money in the Bank. I thought it was a great show. I had a lot of fun at it. But you know, money a show like a Money in the Bank or something like that that they've one of the ones that they're gonna do abroad. That's like, yep, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put a title match on there where everyone knows we're not gonna change the title. We're just gonna yeah. send out two people are someone's gonna have a great match with Seth. Bang, Ricochet, you're going out there. They'll have a nine Is out of ten match on Raw. Great matches? Yeah. Oh, he is capable of having some phenomenal matches. <laughs> But he'll have he'll they'll have a nine out of ten match on a raw. They'll have a ten out of ten on the pay per view, because they will know. Keep that bit back. Mm-hmm. Don't don't give it all away on TV. You don't give shit away for free when you know that you can make people pay more for it. AEW just give it away too easily. AEW AEW are match whores. They're spot mm-hmm. whores. They fucking they'll drop their knickers and just give it away for nothing. <laughs> but WWE, you gotta wind them and dine them a little bit first. You got you gotta pay attention to everything else that's going on and eventually you get to the point where you'll get that match. And you'll get those, you'll get all those extra spots. You don't just get it handed up to you every fucking week. You gotta you gotta keep people hungry for more. And AEW just because they go out there and they're just throwing stuff out at people every week, it's nearly a race to the bottom as to who's gonna do the craziest spot on TV each week. No. Simple shit on TV. It's why it's why Collision works. It's why everyone raves about Collision. It's why when NWA came out a couple of years ago, it's uh, power. It's why people. I know it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but it's why so many people gravitated to it at the time. Was it was so simplistic. It was basic promos. It was basic quick matches, but it was easy. People could jump in. You'd spend your your hour watching it. Bang, cool. Oh, this is a fun little promo. Oh, cool. Here's Eli Drake. Yeah, here we go. He comes out, cuts a little promo. Eddie Kingston comes out, cuts a promo. Oh, the two of them are going to have a match now. Cool. Six minutes later, run to our next promo, run to our next promo. It was so mm. simple. It was quick. It was basic. Nobody was going out there. There was no, oh shit, who's after getting fucking hurt this week? You don't have an injury report a mile long of people blowing out fucking limbs every week or getting concussed every week. Everything was done so simple. It was keeping people safe. It was keeping people interested on the opposite side because when it got to the pay-per-views, that's when it dialed it up a notch. True. That's just my thoughts. Cool. Keep Simplicity works. And it's you see it because it's benefited WWE over the last three years. Yeah. So tell me, right, quick quick uh, rapid-fire summary. Yeah. What are the, the three takeaways that you have for for what WWE are doing well right now, what they need to continue to do, and what are their, the, the pitfalls that you can potentially see at the minute? Yep. Yeah, uh, one word for the main one, simplicity. It, mm-hmm. It's working. You know, you they've gone back to what brought them to the dance. You know, back in the day they had Austin, and they had the likes of Rock. They had, you know, their, their main pillars up at the top. The show was built around a storyline regarding them. Everything else, don't want to say was lesser, but everything else was interwoven into the show in among the segments for whatever Austin was doing that week. They've gone back to that. It's working. Keep that going with whatever your hot hand is, whatever your hottest acts are. Keep running that. And AEW can take note and start doing that a bit better than what they have been. And, you know, timing out their shows a bit better. Uh, uh, we kind of talked about uh, kind of at length 
your championships mean something now. When you have Gunter drop it, it has to mean something. Keep highlighting your mid-card title as well. Keep them being those kind of workhorse, those work-rate titles like they were back in the day. Again, a lot of it in mm. WWE have gone more old school in how they're approaching things, and it's working. Keep that shit going. Keep that ball rolling. And I suppose the other thing is keep put, playing to people's strengths. Shinsuke couldn't cut great promos in English. Most invested people have been. He's cutting promos in Japanese and they're subtitling it. Yeah, that's a fucking simple fix. They're not having, let's say, Bronson Reed going out there and having to fucking do lucha matches. They're going out there and they're throwing them in there with Gunter and saying, here, you beat the fuck out of each other for 15 minutes. Keep doing that. You know, you know what people's strengths are. You fucking see these people every day. You know what people do well and what they don't. You're finally starting to put people in positions to win again. You're not having people going out there and doing shit they're not comfortable with. You're not having Roman Reigns cutting suffering succotash promos. You're having them going out there and just being a bit of a dick. Run mm. with what works and run with what you know people are good at. Don't put people out there because they need to get better at something. They can train to get better at something and not be on TV. When they're on TV, leave them do what they're good at. They'd be my main trick. How about yourself? Yeah, you'd like to see them build kind of an obvious dethroner. That's, um, yeah. The worry is that they might just leave it for, for Cody. Um, it'll be the worst he, one at this point. Well, that's the thing. He can't lose another one. If he loses no. a, a second big title match with Roman, then he's cooked. But you'd wonder, can they carry it that far as the moment passed? Is it possible um, for them, just a quick booking on the fly here, is it possible, possible for them to do a switcheroo where it's Gunter versus Roman and Cody versus Seth and they're your two title matches? Gunter's, Gunter's the one to dethrone. I mean, like, they should have done that before now if they weren't going for the record which is fair enough they went for the record yeah I, well um, I'm, I'm also assuming the problem they're hitting now with roman is roman is going to beat hogan's modern record for a title reign well that's but, another year uh next may i think so you'd have to hold it through mania which i'm assuming rock match and then he drops it at like SummerSlam to the legs for gunter maybe controversial Yeah, that is a big. That's a, that's probably the biggest pitfall they have, though. Our potential pitfall is where. Where's the next guy? Yeah, that's a good shout. That's a very good shout. See nothing else that oh, you yeah. think that kind of is potentially going to trip him up. Doing something stupid. I know that sounds very obvious, but like putting over the wrong person is the, the biggest fatal flaw I think that anyone could do and I think that they suffered big time with Roman uh, through like 2016 to 2019 oh, fuck, was, yeah. was a struggle and I think if they try to do that again and try force something that doesn't feel right on the fans now that they've gained the fans support again I think that's where they that would be an immediate you know suicide mission yeah, it'll be the final nail for a lot of fans at that point. 
Well, maybe not the final nail, but like I said at the beginning, you know, these things are cyclical but, and um, yeah. it, it would it would be the start of a, a new depression for them, I think. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of more of a, you know, how many how many lives do they have with the fans? Uh, uh, regards, you know, you've heard, you've heard this once or twice already. Yeah. It's a, yeah, well, the thing it's a worry. Is, the, the beautiful thing for, from their point of view is kids will always be born, so they'll always yeah. have a new market coming through. And that's so what the they'll always appeal to. Absolutely. And like they've been very smart and I want to choose my words wisely here, in targeting kids in, in terms of ga- gaining the market share that way. Yeah. Whereas obviously AEW have gone, they've bypassed the kid market for now, which is fair enough and and for what they want to do. But WWE are all about the kid market because, you know, parents yeah, are the ones who spend money. You see, this is the other problem with AEW, see, because they're targeting all the virgins. So you see, they're never going to have kids. So where's the next audience going to come from? Well, they're just going to have the money then. <laughs> yeah, but they're eventually going to grow out of They're eventually going to age out of it. They're going to have other stuff that they're going to want to do. Yeah. So well, you know, look at Kids are always interested in things they shouldn't be in. So like when we were kids, we were watching the, the Attitude Era when we definitely oh, shouldn't God, be yeah. watching that sort of stuff. No, so schools like, have to tell people, you send out memos to basically say you, you can't tell people to suck it. Why? But sucking it is the best thing to do. Sucking it is what you're supposed to do, miss. <laughs> um, yeah, so you've you got that aspect to it all. So it's just interesting to see what they do. Um, but I think that would be the biggest problem from my point of view. Uh, yeah, great shout out, great shout uh, on top of that, I don't really know. Um, AEW, I think, just get back to basics. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's like they've deviated so far from what brought them to the dance, but also people haven't evolved. No, and that's the at biggest the same time. Problem. Like you feel like you're watching the same shit, but it's. It's worse. <laughs> yeah. So how do you fix it? Quick bullet points. Uh, what would you do if you were uh, Shad Khan, in ch- the literal owner of the company? Um, um, well, obviously, he won't do anything, but that's just uh, beside yeah. the point. But if Tony Khan suddenly woke up in the morning with uh, a clear head, clarity, and a great degree of perspective, what would you do if you were him to turn the ship and try make AEW a must-watch again? Straight away, new champ. Reset. Um, it needs a reset at this point, um, and it starts at the top. Reset and have it be a proper I'd top be, guy. Have, have it be the likes for Christian Cage. You know what? It could be. I wouldn't have any problem with that, but I also think that... We're five years in, or we're in the fifth year now of AW, and even though Kenny has been a champion, he's never been the guy. The guy, no. And um, like the and one he thing has that to go everyone to balls and be the guy now. The one thing everyone wanted when AW was starting was like, okay, we're finally going to get the American production of the best bout machine. Yeah. And like, I know he was injured when he was champion, so fair enough, he couldn't go maybe as much as he wanted to. Uh, and I think they're, they're they're slow burning him back up now with the way they kind of angled it and worded it on TV this week with, you know, his win-loss record is 500 and all this sort of jazz. So uh, hopefully is the way I'd phrase it. Yeah. 
but I would 100% put the company on his back. Oh, 100%. Um, if you can do a deal with New Japan to get Will Ospreay over... I was I think, actually going to say full court press on Osprey when his contract expires. It's going to be yes, my second bullet point. Um, uh, after that, then, I think you 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 stagger your pay-per-views. You know what I mean? So yeah. have your booking decisions made out. Like They were fantastic when they had the scenario of four pay-per-views a year. And with that, then you have clarity of what's happening yeah uh you know what to expect from these shows and you know if that there's a reset every four months or that you have the potential to change things up or you know something big is coming yeah you yeah you, you essentially you can program yourself to it similar to the on the wwe side you know as soon as it hits rumble okay shit's about to go down when stuff is changing and the show's getting added on a whim and there's, you know, oh, this is a special this week. It's like, what, what, what's special? Yeah. And I know like, the mar- the network is calling for these, you know, television events to draw in viewers. I get all of that. I get it to business. But you need to find a way t- to appease the business side of the company while also producing engaging content that people want to watch. And more importantly, and that's the biggest issue to have right now, is that people want to go and see live. Yeah. Them, like some the fact the, them that they're are looking more and more grim every week. Yeah, no, this week was better. Um, yeah, I and, haven't and seen any images from it. So. Some of the, the bigger shows where they've struggled to sell tickets is from venues where they've had to go for bigger venues because of the stage setup and mm. the production that they put into them. Yeah, I guess so. Keep it smart is the way I'd say it. You know, go yeah. back to basics. Butts and seats is the biggest thing you can ever do. The uh, big show, or Paul White, I'm assuming you saw the video that's doing the rounds on Twitter today. He showed up at an OVW show last night or oh. night before. Um, and basically on an OVW show, a televised OVW show, promoted an AEW show that's coming up in the area soon. And... Uh, share the QR code where fans could go for buy one get one free tickets on a televised fucking show he's promoting two for one ticket for no okay OVW I'm not sure what way it's done actually I think I'll snow what's still over what are they televised on are they just local TV Uh, I'm assuming it's a couple of local stations and stuff like that but still not exactly a good look and it's obviously already doing the rounds on Twitter that's you know AW having to send the big show to push buy one get one tickets. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. You're right though. It, it it is simplicity back to basics. Do what do what you do best. You need to anoint a guy, be it Kenny. Unfortunately, it it can't be Adam Cole. As much as I love him, it seems like a great guy. The lads made a glass. Um, yeah. Swerve. Actually, that's it. Swerve. Just that that is one of my points for AW. Is swerve. More of him. Yeah. That the one thing that he has, right, that um gets people talking is the fact that people genuinely like him as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's not just a case that he's a very good wrestler, right? Obviously yeah. he is. Um, but it's because people, you know, you, you, like, for on the surface, I would have nothing in common with Serve. I, I'm not into the music that he enjoys and produces. Um, but he is Irish as they come. Like, when he hits the National Stadium in Dublin with uh, Shaka Khan playing... Oh. That is one of our own. He's one of our own. And, but yeah, it is. And like, obviously, I had the pleasure to kind of briefly talk to him for a minute or so after one of them shows. Just, you know, quick little, you know, thanks for everything. You know, love, love your matches. Great to finally see you, whatever. You know, it's always goes back to what you're saying about being likable. He's, you talk to him for a minute or two and just the way he treats everyone, how respectful he is to everyone. He instantly makes you want to root for him. Yeah. 100%. but then he gets in the ring and he has the sort of matches he has. And you, and whatever feelings you might have about the person, you become a fan of the wrestler because of the mixture of the two. Yep. So, yeah, someone like him, push him to the moon. Less of, less of your Sammy Guevara's, less of your fucking Jungle Boys. Your, the, the pillars have failed. Uh, that's harsh. Uh, okay, sorry. As, as a full unit of four, I feel the pillars have failed. There's been some success and some failure on an individual uh, level, but I think as I think as a concept, the four of them have failed. Jeez, I'd, I, I'd have to take a few minutes to digest that one. Obviously, Sammy Guevara is a drizzling, fucking miserable human being who should not be on anyone's TV screens. Uh, Steve, you're welcome for that. Yeah, he will um, love that one. That's the clip. Uh, Jungle Boy, he was a gimmick. Uh, he is talented, to be fair to him. Can talk. Uh, is not a natural heel. I don't think he'll ever be more than what he than upper mid card, unless he transforms somehow. He definitely needs to bulk. Uh, Darby is just fucking nuts. He is the modern day Jeff Hardy. Uh, he probably won't live to his forties. But sure, look, we'll see. MJF, to be fair, he is a star. His title reign hasn't been great, but I wouldn't necessarily put that on him. Uh, you can only deal the hand you're dealt. And I think he's been dealt a very bad hand. Um, yeah, that's the, four, that's the four pillars there. Book swerves fucking strong. Like, it's, it's not fucking difficult. No. Yes. And book a plan like Tony said when he started the company, he knew who his first four world champions were going to be. And to be fair to him, they were all fantastic. You know, you yeah. Jericho, Moxley, uh, Kenny, and Hangman. The Kenny and Hangman story is one of the best wrestling stories. Fantastic. You know, credit where it's due. Yeah. That was fantastic. Was- Getting over the final hurdle. In fact, I don't think he got the flowers it deserved, even no. at the time. But now, um, so it, as you said, he knew who his first four champs were. Can he tell you who his next one champ is going to be? No, I don't think he. I don't think he knows. I think it's going to. Be, I think in his head, it's Adam. How long do you play that waiting game? You know, if he's yeah. if he's not well, you know, obviously we don't know if there is this injury a work or not. But if he's legit not well, how long do you fucking sit around and keep that title? On MJF, I don't know. I think it's I think it's time to to get rid at this point. If 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 Adam yeah. Cole isn't if Adam Cole isn't ready to go, 
the, the ship has got to the ship has got to sail. You can come back. You'll revisit it. Yeah. You know, people people are going to get behind an Adam Cole fucking title push one way or the other. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you can revisit the MJF storyline at a later time as well. There's okay, ways to so get back to this stuff if you can if you're clever at booking, you can get back to this stuff always. Okay, so bullet points. What are your three takeaways for what AEW need to do? Book smarter. Um, highlight the stars that deserve to be highlighted, aka the likes of a swerve. And okay. Uh, when I when I was kind of talking about simplify, I was kind of more talking about the booking. But simplify your matches. Follow follow what made Collision popular. Okay, which is? It was easy to digest. There were matches that, look, they were more, I won't say WWE-esque, but they are less high-flying, more methodical matches, better structured matches that have a more natural flow to them as opposed to trying to get to the next spot and okay. working your way methodically through a match. Now, the problem is, I don't know if they have enough people in the company to be able to do that on a regular basis. But that would be it for me. Would be simplify your booking. Okay. That's put the right people. Put the right people in the right positions. As I said, that's your swerves, etc. And then the the ice on the top, uh, on, and well, the cherry on top of the ice is just keep your matches more simple. Because if you also if you keep things more simple, people are less likely to get hurt. And when they're less <laughs> likely to get hurt, it means you don't have to fucking change your booking on a couple of days' notice. Nah, that'll never get over. So, how about yourself? Is there any other ones you'd have there? Yeah. I just want to see some long-term storytelling. It'd be nice. You know, and I'm not even looking for anything in particular with that. I just want something that I can stick my teeth into and, you know, let it marinate for a while. Because yeah. right now, I don't know what's happening week from week. And that's why I'm not watching week from week. Yeah, that's a fucking great show, dude. Like, the pay-per-view is happening in the two weeks, I think it is. And other than Juice, or not Juice, but... Um, Shit, my way for the pay-per-view. Jay White and MGF, I really don't know what's happening on the show. And I know they don't book the, the cards well in advance, which is obviously a big problem as well. But that's one big thing I would change is getting fans invested in long-term storytelling. Am I actually away from for the pay-per-view? When, what day is the pay-per-view? Oh, no, it's November 18th. Oh, okay. That's okay. Like, Jesus, don't tell me I missed the fucking pay-per-view. And they're probably doing something on the fourth as well. But... <laughs> Uh, oh no, it's okay. Jesus, me heart. Like, yeah. uh, oh, apparently there's a battle of the belts tomorrow. Yeah, but you're looking, literally no belt has ever changed on that show yet. Yeah. What so, if this is the one, though? Well, they're going to have to buck that trend uh, once in a while, and ah, otherwise people are not going to get the, involved. The young, the young Bucks will be the one to buck that trend. So uh, the first time you see the Bucks challenge for a title on Battle of the Belts, that'll be the first title change. Um, no, I won't be watching that now. And like they're they're running fucking Philadelphia next week. Mm, Philly crowds can be rough. They were only there like a month ago with fucking RVD. Actually, another thing we can add: run different towns. 
Yeah, it feels like they're hammering the same towns over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, they've they've lost Chicago. Well, that's because every fucking pay-per-view was in Chicago. And pay-per-view prices are fucking expensive. Um, And as we know, going to Chicago on, like, was it Labor Day weekend? Ain't fucking cheap. No, no. They, they fucking had their prices add up. And they add up fucking fast. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, new, new towns. Changing it up. You know, it feels like a big deal when WWE comes to town for these people. Yes. Um, and I'd love to actually like get a, a list of their show venues just to see how bad it's actually been for booking repeat venues. Yeah. Now... I'll give them some bit of slack on that one in regards to the fact that I know WWE nearly have that deal where, you know, if we if 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 we're running your venue, you can't have the other you know, you can't have competitors run it within a certain amount of time. I think it's within a certain do, couple of months. Obviously do they WWE do that? keep looping it, it's been heavily rumored, yeah. Like like it's why there's certain shows, certain venues you will only ever see WWE in, and it's not because of the size of the venue. Uh, it's because they will all, they will basically have a an exclusivity side of it. Yeah, Jesus. Um, I know Madison Square Garden is a yeah booked full time exclusivity on that venue, which is fair enough. Which is, yeah, but yeah, there's there, there, there's a bit of it to um, to other venues as well. So yeah, I yeah, it, it, it to me yeah, new towns. I actually can't believe I hadn't thought of that sooner. Um, mm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a good recap. Let's just see. we can come back to this uh, as a special episode when the boys are away again in the next few months. Uh, but big UFC this weekend. Oh man, thirty seconds. It, Talk through. Rian was saying there that it starts early this weekend. Is yes. it in? Is it uh, in Dubai or yeah. Um, the uh, so the early prelims start at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Well, Saturday geez. afternoon. Sorry, because I know this probably won't go up on Friday night. But yeah, so essentially, my Saturday is get up, watch the Merseyside Derby, or wake up, watch the Merseyside Derby. Let's be honest, I'm not getting out of bed that early. Uh, and as soon as the Merseyside Derby finishes, probably stroll down to the shop, pick up some of those snacks, and then three o'clock comes, and I can either choose between having a three o'clock kickoff, or I can start watching the UFC. Um, now, the first fight of the early prelims is the one eyed lad. Uh, well, what's his name? Ah, uh, fuck. Is it like Shakar or something like that is his name? Uh, Go on anyway. Main character. Yeah, it's, it's basically there's a, one, there's a one-eyed lad basically is fighting. Uh, and he's an absolute fucking head case. Um, so he's fighting at the start of early prelims. So I'll probably tune in for his match and then probably go watch other stuff for a couple of hours and then loop back. Uh, main card. So things have changed quite a bit. Uh, it's very kind of Dagestani heavy. This card, uh, normally when they, when they get one of them boys, they get all of them in. Uh, they kind of stack the okay. show that way. Similar to how when they get a couple of the Brazilians on, they stack it very Brazilian they? heavy. Uh, so we have Islam Makachev is in the main event, uh, defending the title on two weeks' notice against Volkanovski. Uh, Volk Ooh, is step, baby. Yep, Volk has decided to step up and to try and become champ champ after Charles Oliveira had to pull out. Um, Why did he pull injured, is he? Uh, hurt, yeah. Um, and the oh, co-main, yeah. we have uh, Kamzat Chemaev, uh, who was originally supposed to face Paolo Costa, is facing Kamaru Usman, who's also stepping in on less than two weeks' notice. Uh, 
Now, I will imagine Kamzat is going to crush him, but that should be a, a hell of a fight. Uh, that's a middleweight title eliminator, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, and then, yeah, uh, actually, I actually forgot to uh, just remember Johnny Walker is in the third fight down from the top as well, so that should be a fun fight. He's against uh, Magomed Ankaleev. Uh, I'm fucking butchering these names. But yeah, just uh, very, just top to bottom. Expect a lot of rest and a lot of good grappling on these, but it's, uh, yeah, it, lo- it looks like a fucking stack card. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. So, Rian's wet dream, so. Oh, man, he is going to be tugging the lad off himself to this. Uh, I, uh, even look at the prelims here. I've literally just loaded up the prelims. Tim Elliott in the main event of the prelims as well. A big Tim Elliott fan, so I might actually need to watch that one. Uh, yeah, hell of a weekend ahead, man, between sport and... Well, that's there's F1 as well. It's obviously the Grand Prix in Austin. Um, we're out of the international break. Praise we're out the, of the Lord. Wor- we're, we're out of the World Cup. Uh, oh. that's that's a sad uh, we're out of milk I think um, yeah so look hell of a weekend ahead a lot of sport a couple of wrestling shows along the way as well whether or not I'll watch any of the rest of the shows I'm not too sure Gordo if you had say an electric item that needed power for it how would you get power into that electric item uh, well yesterday I probably would have to use a power bank <laughs> what in general what would you do I mean what I'd normally do is I would find the cable for it and at the end of that cable there'd be this this doohickey called a plug oh oh I see what you're getting I, I see what you're getting at you sneaky whore yeah huh you sneaky whore oh yeah 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 you fucking cheeky devil yeah um, but yeah uh, those plugs would involve me telling people that if they wanted to get more of us at the Alleged Wrestling Podcast, they'll actually find us on all of their favorite podcast apps. So that'd be, you know, if you listen on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, like essentially whatever they'd be listening to us on now, if they were to come back in a week's time, there'd be another episode waiting for them. Uh, potentially two episodes. Oh. Uh, but you know, also another place they could find us would be over on WrestlingSoup.com along with the soup guys themselves I believe we might be counter program this week if we are guys I'm sorry you know we love you um, no, yeah that's wrestling uh, we do we love the soup we hate canvas theory remember oh yeah sorry boo yes. canvas theory yes boo. exactly boo canvas theory friends of the show canvas theory.com 10% off if you use the promo code AWP but still boo canvas theory uh, you'll also find us over on Twitter. It's at the AW Pod. Over there, you'll also find a link to our Discord. You can come join in the live fun. Uh, chat along with us as we're recording. Make your own suggestions. Have your own input to the show. Uh, we'd love to interact with everyone, having a bit of a chat as we go through everything. So please come join in the fun over there. And you can also come join the fun with us over on Twitch. It's twitch.tv forward slash the AWP. Hopefully get a bit of gaming in this weekend. Uh, I know you're away Saturday and probably back late, so it might just be myself and the old man on Saturday. Uh, but Friday, we're hoping to get a bit of Among Us. So if you're listening back to this, if you go over to twitch.tv for slash the AWP, you will hopefully get to see some of our Among Us shenanigans. Huge, huge if true. Huge. Uh, uh-huh. Sean is a very big fan of our um, segue there. Electrical, electrical item. Look at you, you fucking look at this guy. <laughs> look at this guy, huh? Uh, you can, you can, you can tell I've had 
very little sleep last night and 12 hours of work today. It's been fantastic. Look, he's after posting said electrical item in the chat and all exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Look at him being a big coward in work as well. Bless. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe you're a coward in work. You coward. <laughs> you coward. Also, fuck uh, chicken. Fuck chicken indeed. Hey, Steve. 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 What's that sound? My balls was hot. I understand. 